Christ Journey family, thank you so much for the honor and privilege of allowing me to guide us as we continue our growth toward Christ-likeness. And today, and the series comes to its conclusion that we rise to the highest pinnacle in the journey. Not that we ever fully arrive, but as we mature in Christ, then He expands His vision and mission through us. So today, that's what I'm praying for you. Wherever you think you are in your spiritual journey, that God will make clear to you His intention and your destiny of impact in Him. Across the nation, around the world, wherever you're connecting with us through church online today, or right in the comfort of your own living room or your own office, may you know the Spirit of God is with you and is lifting you to the next level in Christ-likeness to honor Him. Now, it's, it is a true story that I have told you before, but it deserves telling again, and I think you'll see why. It's the story of the Chulateka Bridge. And uh, it seems every year during storm season, the uh, hurricane force winds rip through the Honduras and take out every bridge in the country until the Japanese offered to build them a bridge that was stormproof. And so they did. Could withstand any storm, they built the Chulateka Bridge. And then Hurricane Mitch bulldozes through the nation, Category 5 hurricane, and the question is, did the bridge stand? The answer is, oh yes. But the storm moved the river. Hold that thought. Now we have an immovable bridge to nowhere. And uh, a testament to the engineering genius and limited foresight of humanity. Now, I'm not telling that story to shame or blame anybody. I'm not even telling it to entertain. I'm giving it to the church, who I'm speaking to today, to the church as a heads up, and not that church out there. I'm talking about this church right here. Did you know that the word pontifex, the Latin word for priest, is pontifex? It means bridge builder, bridge maker. By the way, I have a picture of the Julateka Bridge and the river that moved right across from my desk in the office, so I never forget that. Why? Because part of our role as a kingdom of priests, God's people are a kingdom of priests, bridge makers, people that God intends to build and extend bridges in our broken and needy world. God desires to act in this world through obedient human beings, people like you and me who align our lives to His will so that it can be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we have to remember, church family, that uh, as we build this bridge, it's not about building a church that will withstand any storms of life. It's about staying relevant on mission as God's people. The church must be nimble. The church must be adaptive. The church has got to be ready to ride the waves and changes of life, but stay on mission to a world in need. And have we learned that again during this season of COVID quarantine that we've been in? In World War II, the United States used pontoon bridges. You know what those are? Portable prefab modular units that could span rivers. They could support troops. They could even carry tanks into enemy territory. Portable bridges that could float. 
that could move and they could serve people in need. The bridges were movable, as dynamic as people are. So were the bridges. They were not stationary, they're not stuck in one place, but wherever need beckoned, the pontoon bridge could close the gap and provide a way. Now, this series has been about spiritual growth, growth in becoming the bridges to life God intends. This chart, you've seen it before, has tracked with us from coming to faith to our new birth in Christ, up through spiritual childhood, into our adolescence where we're learning how to be quality warriors in Jesus' name, to the full final growth of adulthood. Four stages in spiritual adulthood. Maybe you've noticed that we have symbolized adulting spiritually with the metaphor of a ladder. See, a spiritual adult can, as a spiritual adult, you ascend the ladder for yourself. You take the initiative, you develop the disciplines, you take the responsibility, and you fulfill your God-given potentials for yourself by faith in Christ, and then you rise to your full adulting stage. But as a spiritual adult, you move to the next level, spiritual parenting, by helping someone else move up the ladder to find and follow Christ. And then you grow to be a spiritual parent as you help somebody else come alive in Christ and share your story of the gospel and how salvation made a difference for you. And then they can likewise move up the ladder. And then the next level, we called spiritual grandparenting. And you grow to that level as the ones that you led to Christ are now helping others to find Him. And the generations of spiritual life have been reproduced and they've come to know Him as Savior and Lord. It's the same gospel ladder, but now your impact and your influence has being felt in even another generation of people coming alive in Christ. And... Um, and you can see people, that's the image of the ladder, was that you could see people coming from all around and you're helping them find the ladder and other generations are helping them find the ladder. That's the image that we're talking about there. And today we come to the final sign, the highest level, and we call it spiritual godparent. Godparent. What's its symbol? Well, you don't just move up the ladder for yourself like an adult. You don't just help someone else find it like a parent. You don't just help someone else help someone else find it like a spiritual grandparent where you're mentoring and multiplying influence. No, no, no. Now, the, what's the telltale sign that you are now living as a spiritual godparent? Do you know? You take the ladder with you everywhere you go. Your life extends the ladder with every person you meet. You're ready to share not just your story, but Christ's story. Salvation, listen, salvation isn't simply a ticket to heaven when you die. It's not a fire insurance policy to escape hell. What salvation is, is a growing opportunity in relationship and resource to face every challenge of life in Christ. And then as you grow to be filled to the full measure of God, the measure of all the fullness of God, Paul says in Ephesians 3.19. This is incredible. You remember us talking about that? Your life becomes sacred space where, where God 
increases your capacity to know him and make him known in deeper, higher, richer ways. And even your wounds, your broken places can become, become God's opportunity for divine kintsuji, where he brings healing and strength and he fills every space in you with his sacred. And your life changes. That's what the series has been about. It's been about increasing your capacity to reveal more and more of who God is to the world because your life is changing to reflect more of God's righteous character, to demonstrate more of God's justice and peace, to bear the fruit of His Spirit and, uh, and the gifts of His Spirit as you live as Christ did, full of grace and truth. Does that make sense? So you're with me now, right? And we saw that spiritual maturity foreshadowed in the vision of Ezekiel 47. The river of life flowing from the temple, full of life. And then we saw, but not only do we walk in the river ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. Oh, no, no. Today, you're all in. At this level, God, parent level, you're all in. It said it was deep enough to swim in, Ezekiel said. Now, what does that mean? Well, consider this. I mean, and, and I guess I could be wrong. I don't think I am, but you can check me on it. When you see a swimmer in a river, what do you see? Well, you see their head, right? <laughs> They're swimming, but what you see is their head. Now, who is the head of the church? Jesus Christ. The church is his body. He's the head. Doesn't it make sense to you that when you say to God, hey, I'm all in, and what I, I want you to make my life your sacred space, every broken place, fill it with your divine presence, what happens when you do that? Others start seeing Christ in you. Christ's love, God's wisdom, spirit life coming through you, and now you are ready to add divine value wherever you go. That's being a spiritual God parent. Now you're a living bridge where people can connect with God. And instead of bringing people to the bridge to find security in the storm, you become the bridge. And wherever you go, you're an opportunity for people to access God through you. The bridge isn't just where the church house is. The bridge is wherever God's people go. And that's part of what being a kingdom of priests means. This is what priesthood of the believer is. It's God's people being Christ's ambassadors, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, as if God himself were making his appeal through you. Be reconciled to God. That's what sharing our story is about. That's what sharing Christ's story is about, just like Pastor Ryan does in sharing some of his story now. There was a time in my life when I felt abandoned and completely lost. But then a friend introduced me to Jesus. I invited him to take the lead on my life. And ever since then, I have felt loved and I have been given a purpose to live out every day. Do you have a story like that? Do you have a story like that? Then you are part of the body of Christ. You're a kingdom priest. The uh, institutional church 
isn't the bridge to life. God's people are. You are. And as you live God's life in its fullest expression and experience through you, come what may, every day, then wherever you go, you become the bridge to life for somebody else. And they see Christ in you. It reminds me of the words of that old song, Have thine own way, Lord. What a great prayer. Have thine own way. Hold over my being absolute sway. Fill with thy spirit till all shall see Christ only, always living in me. You know what he's saying? What she's saying? What you want for me is what I want for me. That's the prayer. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Now I'm talking to believers today. You listening to me? And maybe you've already seen it. You recognize this attitude that I'm talking about for a spiritual God parent. It's the attitude of Christ himself who prayed, not my will, but thine be done. Luke chapter 22, verse 42, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was essentially saying, Lord, what, what you want for me is what I want for me. And then come what may. And of course, you know what happened next, right? God turned the worst of sin and death that the spiritual enemy could unleash on him into the best thing that could ever happen. God turned a crucifixion into a resurrection and then brought an opportunity for salvation to bring life, to flow into every life of whosoever will. Jesus wasn't the first to pray that prayer, though. Did you know that? What you want from me is what I want from me. Two other people very close to him had prayed that prayer too. Both were experiencing levels of brokenness at the time. And both people could rightfully be called God parents. Perhaps not in the traditional way that people think in society today. But one was Mary. The other was Joseph. I mean, God had a powerful plan of impact in mind for them, for their lives, through which Christ would be made known. They would be invited to parent God. Whoa. But before each one could fulfill their role, they went through separate crucibles of surrender to come to the point of that prayer where Mary chose God and His will for her over her espoused husband-to-be, Joseph. Was there a broken human heart in that prayer? When Mary said, be it to me according to your word, Luke 1.38, you know what she's saying? She's praying this, Lord, what you want for me is what I want for me. Even if it means without Joseph, my betrothed. And then, when Joseph realizes that Mary is expecting and he knows it's not his, was there a broken human heart in that pain? How hard was it for a man who lived his life righteously under God? Think of this. How hard was it for him to have considered divorcing his betrothed? But he's willing to do it. He's saying, you know, I'll do it if that's what it takes to walk with God. Lord, what you want for me is what I want for me. That's what he's praying, even if it means without Mary. 
And then, of course, the story tells us that the angel brings Joseph in on the rest of the story and then gives them to each other, and they are wed and together parent Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. Man, talk about spiritual God parents, right? Now, I realize that uh, that was a unique role that only they could fill, but my belief is this. God has a unique plan for each one of us that only you can fulfill the plan that he has for you. Something that will come to fruition in your life only when you take the step of surrender and pray the similar prayer. Lord, what you want for me is what I want for me. Would you say that with me? Lord, what you want for me is what I want for me. That's the prayer that takes us into the God-parenting experience and transforms us, allows us the opportunity of being transformed into the fullest expression of becoming a bridge to life in God's life. In fact, this is God's goal. Romans 8, 29, Paul is talking about God fulfilling his purposes in this life. He says that you are predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, don't get tripped up by that. That's not gender-limiting language. It means that men and women both can grow into all of the privileges of being a firstborn son would mean. I heard it said years ago, Christianity is Christ in meity and Christ in uity. And that's what this is talking about. But as Christ comes in, he starts transforming us, changing our lives. So that Paul writes in another place, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What are we to be transformed into? Well, the kind of spiritual man for all seasons. If you Google man for all seasons, here's what's going to come up. Someone who is ready to cope with any contingency and whose behavior is always appropriate to every occasion. Can you imagine? But God's concept is for us to find that opportunity by being transformed into transformers, conduits of God's life that can come to life through you wherever you go. And then as you share your story, you share his story, and others can find their place in it, just as Pastor Ralph does now. You know, there was a time in my life that I was full of anxiety and I was hopeless. But then I accepted Jesus as the forgiveness of my sins, and I decided to follow Him. And now I feel full of hope and more at peace than ever. Do you have a story like that? Do you have a story like that? Then you can be a transformer. You know, the, electric, the, the power company has an electrical transformer behind my house. And uh, you know what it's there for? It's to convert the, uh, the electrical current from one voltage into another that can provide power for my home. And not just mine only, but I mean many in the neighborhood, right? Transformers. God sees every believer a potential transformer. And not only in the neighborhood, but wherever you go. That's a spiritual God parent. This is the call of God parenting. To be willing to help as many as, as possible, as soon as possible, by the most effective means possible. That 
whoever they are, whatever they do, wherever you go, you are now the God parent who is full of life, giving life. Now, I see Paul modeling this level of maturity in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. Now, slavery is controversial. Not a good thing. We would all agree on that. And it's no less controversial today. But look what Paul says. I'd become a slave if it meant somebody else could come to Christ. That's how serious this is in his life. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I live like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. I live under the law with Sabbath and kosher requirements, he says. Even though I am not subject to the law, I'm a free man. But I did this so that I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I'm with the Gentiles who don't follow the Jewish law, I have... I too live apart from the law. I don't let it overshadow me and control me. No, I want to bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. I'm aligning my life to God's love in Christ. But I make myself a slave to others so that they can come to Christ. When I'm with those who are weak, I don't power up. He says, I, I share their weakness. I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, here's the bottom line. I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. And I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. This is Paul, like a, mu like a musician who would say, you know, I can play it in any key. What the song? I can play it in any key. And I'll do it if you'll listen. But he's also saying, my life isn't just about me. This is spiritual God, parent. My salvation isn't just for me. I read a story about a woman who was talking to her friends over a card game about her recent completion of her first aid training. And she said, you know, I also had an opportunity to use it. I was out doing a run down my street on the sidewalk when at the intersection in front of me, I guess somebody ran a stop sign, but there was a horrible accident. There was a screeching tires. There was a crunching of metal. There was the, uh, this slamming thud. And her friends were like, what, what? And she said, yes. And just like that, my first aid training came right back to me. I sat down on the curb, put my head between my legs, and I didn't even faint. Oh, well, how? How nice for you, right? Somehow that just doesn't seem right, though, does it? I mean, you don't just take first aid so you can use it on yourself, do you? What is God's answer? Can I ask you, believer, what is God's answer to the crash sites of our world in need? You are. You are. You may not see it yet because of where you are in your growth. But I can tell you God sees it and he can use you because he sees in you the likeness of his son who laid down his life so that others could come to life and he wants to use your life in the same way to guide and guard others into life. The entire world, listen to me, the entire world right now is in a season of transition. Have you seen this? You know, it's like we, we all realize, most of us do, don't we, that we're not where we used to be, and we're not where we're going to be, and we're not what we're going to be yet, right? Businesses trying to figure this out, 
education, schools, trying to figure this out. Government, trying to figure this out. Figure what out? The river has moved. And the structures have got to shift. And, and what does God want the church to do? Well, here's what I'm hearing the Lord say. My church isn't a building. My church isn't an institution or a method. My church is my people who are growing to know me and flow with me in the river of life, maturing in me, being filled to the whole measure of the fullness of God, and then joining me on mission in a world in need so that they can be transformed and be transformers to help meet that need. My grandson West was telling me this week about Transformers. He's six years old. We're talking about Transformers, Optimus Prime, Bumblebee. You know, the thing, these are incredible robot heroes. This is what I'm learning. Um, that at first glance look like ordinary trucks or cars. But they are so much more than meets the eye, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about here. So I asked Wes, what do Transformers do? He said, they, they stop the bad guy Decepticons. Lots of Decepticons in our world today. Seems like it's getting harder and harder to know who you can trust. What's God's answer to that concern? Here's what I hear him say. Be someone that people can trust. Believer? Be someone that people can trust, and as they get to know you, help them get to know me so they'll know they can trust me too. Now, you might be tempted to say, well, look at me. Come on, Bill, look at me. <laughs> what? Who am I to do that? And I would say to you, hey, Transformer, at first glance, that's what it is with Transformers. You know, you don't look like a lot when you just get a brief glance. You look like kind of ordinary. But there's so much more than meets the eye. Spiritual transformers are that way. God lives in them and uses their God life to touch others, to make them spiritual parents, spiritual grandparents, spiritual God parents, not clones, not cookie cutter Christians. Um, listen, there's only one you and you have something to offer God that no one else can. Your love from your heart and your will to say, yes, Lord. What you want from me is what I want from me. There's only one you, and only you can offer that. And when you do, you're not surrendering your freedom. You're not losing your autonomy. You're not having your individuality swallowed up into, into the great void out there. No, no, no. You are maintaining it in a way that fulfills God's eternal quality of life in your person. In your personality, you are now a value-add channel to others wherever you go in life. And that sharpening of your edge can help them find theirs. Edge, we'll hear more about that again. But evangelism, discipleship, generosity, empowerment, that's how the adults in the faith grow in the divine romance, in fulfilling the adventure and the fullness that God has for us. It was a desperate time for the nation. And God told his prophet Ezekiel, I sought for a man to stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land. 
stand in the gap. Does that sound like a bridge? But I found none, the scripture says, Ezekiel 22:30. One of the saddest verses in the whole Bible. God was looking for somebody among his people, was looking for some person of faith who would be willing to give their life as a bridge to life for a world in need. And nobody said, oh, I'll do it. Nobody. But there was another time in the nation's history, also a time of great need, and God called out once again, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Only this time, a young man, Isaiah, was listening and responded. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, here am I, send me, he said. You know what his prayer meant? Lord, what you want for me is what I want for me. I want my life to be all about your life. Now, it's a desperate time in our nation right now, isn't it? July 5th, 2020. Who could have seen this coming? And yet we're in it. It occurs to me this is not a time when a half-hearted commitment cuts it. Believer, I'm talking to you right now, right? This is a time when 98% devo 98 devotion is still embarrassingly 2% shy of what it takes in response. I'm talking to believers right now. And I'm thinking the only appropriate response for people like us is to be children who are willing to grow into our spiritual adolescence, to be adolescents who are willing to grow into our full adulting warrior spirit, to be adults that God is calling to grow and become spiritual parents so that others can come to life and grandparents so that others can be discipled and multiplied into even more generations of life and into God parents who are saying, wherever I go, Lord, I'm taking a bridge with me. I will be a bridge. Lord, what you want for me is what I want for me. The only right response to God's call is to say, I'm all in, Lord. I'm all in. Where is he calling you today? You know, what is your next step? What's your next level? Will you take it today? What's your next prayer? I'm going to tell you because this is the one that will lift you at every level to rise to fullness of life. The prayer is, Lord, what you want from me is what I want from me. Have your way with me. Would you pray with me now? Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to become so much more than what we are, than where we've been to be able to keep becoming transforming agents of your kingdom grace that for a world in need, you have not given up on us, but you have given believers the opportunity to find fullness in you so that others can find healing through us. I'm praying for somebody right now, a sister, a brother, who knows where they are and who knows where you are calling them to grow. Brother, sister, take the step right now. Lord, yes, I will rise to the next level. Have your way with me. Use me now. Perhaps for somebody, somebody is coming to mind whom you know needs Christ. Would you pray for them now? Be the bridge. Would you ask God to give you insight to know 
how to take the next step with them and how to share your story so that then wherever you go, you're taking the ladder with you. Amen. And maybe for somebody today, you know this is the day of salvation for you. You need to come to know Christ. And here's how you can do it. It all begins with a prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. Fill me with your spirit. As I turn from going my way and learn to go your way, would you now have your way in me? And I receive the gift of salvation by grace through faith. In Jesus' name I pray. God bless you as you take the next step in your journey.